Welcome to the Grace Hour, the radio outreach of Greater Grace Church of Baltimore, Maryland. We invite you to stay tuned for a relevant Bible message and lively discussion featuring our panel and you, our listeners. And now, here's our host. And welcome, friends, to this edition of the Grace Hour. We're broadcasting live here from our studios at the home of the Greater Grace World Outreach in Baltimore, Maryland. And we'd like to take this opportunity to welcome you to our broadcast today. Thank you for tuning in. Stay with us for the entire hour, friends, as we wrap up our week-long study on the book of Galatians. Yes, we'll have another special guest speaker who will be joining us momentarily. And then we'll conclude the book of Galatians. And friends, it's been a, a great study together with you, our listeners. This wonderful theme of the gospel of the grace of God and Paul's desire to, again, come right out of the gate and fight for this gospel of grace in light of those Judaizers who were opposing the message of salvation and sanctification by grace alone. Uh, again, it's been a great week, and we appreciate you tuning in, listening to each one of our broadcasts. Stay with us today. We're sure that you'll be encouraged and built up in your most holy faith. But we'd also like to remind you that you can join us during the Grace Hour, the second half of the broadcast following today's live devotional message. We'll take your calls, your questions, your comments, and testimonies on our broadcast. And if you'd like, you can jot down these numbers. We have a toll-free number for anyone listening live on the Internet around the country or in Canada. It's 1-800-338-7060. Again, it's an 800 number, 800-338-7060. And locally, right here in Baltimore. And we're broadcasting on two different stations here in the greater Baltimore area. Spirit 1400, and that would be 410-483-3700. And then, of course, uh, AM 1230 on your dial. That's WRBS. And again, dial the local number, 410-483-3700. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to have you share your thoughts with us on our broadcast on this Friday afternoon. It's always a pleasure to be with you, friends. And again, if you have an urgent prayer request, don't ever hesitate to contact us here at the Grace Hour. We'll put it on our prayer board, and we'll pray together with you, our listeners, as well, for whatever your needs might be. And if you can't get to a phone today, but you'd like to email us your thoughts, comments, or questions, uh, just do so. Uh, address them to questions at gracehour.org, and we'll share your thoughts on the broadcast as we receive them. But now let's invite into our broadcast today by telephone. I believe he's in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. That would be Pastor Chris Moore. Pastor Chris, welcome to the Grace Hour. Hi, Pastor Love. Uh, it's great to be here with you all, and... What a privilege it, is, privilege it is to be on this program. Um, the Grace Hour, at the time when our family met the ministry, was called Telephone Time back in 78. And I remember uh, this was the instrument that God used, Grace Hour, to bring the Moore family into uh, greater grace. And so we have a special love for this ministry, the Grace Hour, and Pastor Love, your ministry and uh, just it's great to be here. Great to have you with us. So we are um, today looking at the book of Galatians, chapter 6. Um, I've heard that the programs that we've had this week have been very edifying with different elders that, we've, that we have greater grace, and 
Galatians happens to be one of my favorite books, I think, as the as it is the book for many believers that are grace lovers, Christ lovers. The book of Galatians is a book that really sets people free from the bondages that come in this world. And the Galatian church, or the Galatian churches, Paul was writing to, were suffering a crisis. And this crisis was a grace crisis, which created a faith crisis in their lives and in their ministries. The Galatian churches had drifted away from this message of the grace of God and the finished work. And some commentators actually say that it happened within seven years of being planted. This was a quick departure from the Holy Spirit and the grace of God. And so Paul is writing this letter, as we've heard this week, to the Galatians to exhort them in the grace of God. They, and as with any group of people, whether large or small, whether it's an individual or a family, a team, a church, a mission, endeavor somewhere, whenever we depart from this grace, the grace of God that is unlimited in our lives, there begins to be a struggle and a battle, and the flesh is revived. Whenever there is the absence of grace, there really is the potential for the potential operation of the flesh and the devil. And that's why the grace message, the grace of God, is today so attacked. It is the most hated message in Christianity today. I remember our pastor, our founding pastor, Dr. Stevens, wrote a booklet, What Satan Hates the Most, a little black booklet with red letters, What Satan Hates the Most. And what is that that he hates? It's the grace of God. Whenever grace is not present, we see here with the Galatian church, there is biting and devouring. There is spiritual cannibalism that can happen in a family or in a church or in a marriage even, or even in a personal in a person's personal life, where they begin to bite and to devour themselves in self-condemnation or improper understanding of who they are in the finished work. The Galatians, as they began to devour each other, were rescued by this letter from Paul. They were struggling with internal strife, personality conflicts. They were judging one another. They were becoming they were becoming isolationists within the church. They were becoming independent uh, from the body and finding them that they themselves were declaring liberty, but really found themselves in bondage. And they were in bondage to a law that wasn't the law of Christ. The law of Christ is really, in James 2.8, that royal law of love. And so let's look at verse 1 together, and we'll look at a few of these verses. I don't think we'll be able to cover the whole chapter today, but just we'll look at a few verses. And let's start with verse 1, brethren. And I love how Paul deals with things, don't you, when he addresses issues? Remember how he began the book to the Corinthian church? He addressed them as saints. What a dysfunctional church that was, the Corinthian church. Very gifted, had a lot of resources, 
wealth. It was a church that was located at the port, probably a lot of commerce going on. Paul addresses them as saints. Here Paul writes to the Galatians, Brethren, I'm one of you, he's saying, brother. If a man be overtaken in a false, and this is something that we find that can happen, and it happens very often in Christianity, people get overtaken in a false, something that they get blindsided with in their lives spiritually, they become overtaken, or it could be an area that in Ephesians 4.27 that was made in the flesh for the devil, they become overtaken with that. And he's saying to the church in Galatians, and as he's already established in the first five chapters, the premise of grace and the premise of freedom, the premise of liberty and the premise of spirituality, he's now talking about practical application. He's, brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fall, and he uses a Greek word here that's pretty amazing, and it's a word that means to fall by the wayside, or like a train that comes off the tracks. We're reminded of the Good Samaritan, the story of the man who was from Samaria and saw the individual that had been beaten up and had fallen off the path. And people fall off the path today for numerous, numerous reasons. Number one, it could be personal failure. It could be a series of bad decisions. A person can come off the tracks in their life because of, of being a victim, and they just do not know how to address that issue that they've been victimized in their life. It could be that there's some financial disaster or maybe they were betrayed in a relationship. Whatever the reason is, sometimes people come off the tracks. And Paul said, ye that are spiritual. And he's saying here, you that are spiritual, that are people that are not governed by your flesh, which thrives in the law environments, but you that are spiritual, that have the Holy Spirit governing your body and your minds, restore, he says. And this is a command. He says, you that are spiritual, if you call yourselves spiritual, if you consider yourself spiritual, restore. And we see that word restore is a word that's used many times in the New Testament. First time it's really used is in Matthew 4 when the disciples are, were at that time mending their net and John 4, Jesus comes and calls them. They are mending something that has been ripped or broken and has rendered the purpose and the item of no use. People today are in such great need for grace restoration, which can only happen through the finished work. And God uses the body of Christ to, to do this restoration. It also means to fit back together into the place that they were atten- intended to be at. This is a mending and a healing that Paul is saying to the Galatians, ye that are spiritual, restore. And he says, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness. Paul is addressing here the Galatians with, a, with an exhortation that to do this in a spirit of meekness means that it is not necessarily an external expression, really, of kindness or 
attitude, but really is an inward grace and capacity and forbearance for the circumstance. I think that in any of our lives, and if we are part of a, a wonderful body of Christ, then we are faced with times where we go to a brother and we are sent in spiritual uh, spiritual rescue or um, EMS, isn't it? The, we are the spiritual ambulances we are sent in with a spirit of meekness. And this meekness is referring to, the Greek word is referring to an internal capacity that can only be given to someone that's functioning under grace and that's functioning under the royal law of love. Because if we're not functioning in the premise that was set in the first five chapters of the book of Galatians, then Galatians 6 cannot happen. There cannot be any ministry of reconciliation or restoration. There's no capacity for it. Because grace gives capacity. Anything outside of grace is incapacity. Anything outside of the grace of God abundantly abiding in our life produces incapacitation and no ability to let alone deal with other people, but to function in our own lives as believers. This capacity of grace is the meekness that is needed to proceed any any endeavor to help restore someone back into that place that they've been called to, that they've been purposed into in the body of Christ. Paul says here, considering yourself, Considering yourself, lest thou also be tempted. And what this means is, is that maybe today I am talking to someone and working with someone, going through the process of helping them through a spiritual battle for their lives. But actually, it could be me tomorrow that needs that help. It could be me tomorrow that needs to be rescued from that attack or that be becoming overcoming a fault. We are also we are also uh, needy and so dependent on the grace of God and really interdependent through Christ in the body of Christ. We really need each other as a body. And this is the concept that we've been so well taught over the years, this concept of body life where we are in Romans twelve ten and Ephesians chapter four, we are really members in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we are members of one another. We are organically a part of each other in the body. And so Paul here says, do this, considering yourself, lest thou also be tempted and fall into a place where we are on the wayside. And this is interesting that he would say this, because in verse 2, he leads into another aspect of this ministry that any grace believer has in the body, and that is, verse 2, bear ye one another's burdens. And this word bear uh, is a word in the Greek that Paul uses, and it doesn't only necessarily mean to pick up somebody's burden and hold it for them, but it means to pick up and to carry away. Like we see the stone that was rolled in front of the tomb of Christ when he was resurrected, that that stone was taken up and it was thrown a distance away from the from the from the tomb. This is what it means to bear up, to 
to pick up and carry away one another's burdens. I remember when we were living in Poland and we were missionaries there, we had a very interesting man that came to our church. He was a very, uh, he was a man of very little resources. He had somehow heard about us. He lived in very meager circumstances and really had very little in his life to care for himself. And he had a lot of trouble. He was married before. He had a wife. He had kids. He had a job, a career. Something happened to him where he had some type of a head injury and that affected his entire life. He was no longer able to function properly as he did before and so his family left him and his kids were no longer in contact with him. And so he was, he came to our church and had a lot of burdens in his life, a lot of trouble and I remember that day he came in, he came in the back door and kind of just looked around, scanning the audience and then sat down in the back and we had that service there where there's a lot of joy and the word was preached and as you can imagine this being in a church service leaving the service with just a lot of freedom and joy and he came up to us and he said to me he said this place is amazing I said well why is that and he said well because I don't know how you guys do this but people that have burdens great burdens in their life can come through those doors and people come over to you and they even unconsciously they are taking up your burden and they are carrying it and they are putting it away so that it's no longer a stumbling block in your life and he said this he said it's such a mystery to me because I don't know how you guys do this because you must have your own burdens in your own life and your own troubles and your own discouragements and needs and somehow you've learned how to cast those away and we share with him, of course, that our burdens are cast upon the Lord, and that's the only reason why we can bear up another's burden. Because the grace of God is a grace that takes away the burden of sin. It takes away the burden of the law, performing the law. The, it takes away the burden of behavioral issues where people accept each other based on behavior. Grace puts us in a place that is burden free and though there are concerns in our life we are free to take upon ourselves the yoke the easy yoke of Christ and that's why we're able to pick up and carry away uh, another's burdens and Paul says here and doing so fulfill the law of Christ and the word here that Paul uses is for fulfill means to fulfill again it means to do it again it means that this is what Christ did and just as Christ took away people's burdens in a sense, we do the same. We are pointing people to Jesus Christ, the burden bearer. Mark Twain, I like this. I read this the other day. Charity is a language which the deaf can hear and the blind can see. You know, care and kindness and the carrying of people's burdens in a world today that's so filled with burden is really a language that anyone can understand. You know, we live here in Philadelphia, my wife and I, with Pastor Tony and Emory and others that are up here that live here locally that work with us we see people here in a metropolitan city that are filled with burdens and you drive down the street and you can see it you can see people burdens you can see people with these invisible weights on their backs and in some cases that have been there for many years 
and we are stirred with the love of Christ for these people. And I think that when we talk with people and share the gospel of grace, we are sharing with people a grace that is able to take away their burdens. That simple ability to identify with a person and share with them about a Christ who's been in their place and has been in, that has been in their place taking their place for sin is so powerful because identification, grace identification is such a powerful thing today. The language that people understand. When we are kind, Mother Teresa said, people may accuse you of ulterior motives, but be kind anyway. And so we do what we do because we do it unto God and unto Jesus Christ because it's the law of Christ. And in verse 3 here, Paul said, for if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, let me just stop there for a minute. Why would he say that? For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, when he just said in verse 2 to bear one another's burdens, I think it's easy for us to be so busy with our details of our lives to be uh, so burdened with what's going on in our work situation, our family situation, our our ministry or whatever we're doing that would become become uh, more beneficial or easier for us to withdraw and to become isolated with our own burdens. This can be so dangerous because the spiritually minded person who is living in God consciousness understands that he can cast his burdens upon the Lord for the Lord cares for him. By the way, when we care our when we cast our burdens upon the Lord because of his care for us, we are no longer a candidate to be devoured by the devil who he is seeking, really whom he may devour, through the details of life, through through projections, through circumstances. Paul says here, if someone thinks himself to be something, then he is when he is nothing, he deceives himself. When we lose that sense of identification and compassion and a grace burden in our life, then we have a tendency in Romans 12:3 to overthink, to hyperthink. And that is a word that is used really in Romans 12, verse 3, when he said, For I say to you, through the grace given unto me, see how he says, through the grace given unto me? He's saying this, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly. Paul uses the word here twice, think soberly, but in the Greek it's think, think. Think and then think healthily, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. So we understand that any time that we deviate from the grace of God, deception begins. Any time that we process in our mind our life or someone else's life or circumstances that we find ourselves in, Outside of the abundant grace that gives us power to reign in this life through the gift of his righteousness, whenever we function outside of grace for a moment, deception takes root. Now, that may sound a little extreme, but any time that we stray from the gracious words of God in Acts 20, verse 32, the gracious acts of Christ when Jesus ministered to people that were lost in Acts chapter 10. 
whenever we function and think outside of that grace, then our minds misses the mark. I just want to say a couple words about deception because he addresses this, and then I'll close. He begins to talk about in verse 3 and then later on in verse 7 about deception. Deception begins the moment we are departing from this grace. And when we depart from grace, a seven-step process begins of deception. Number one, James chapter 1, verse 22 and 23. We begin to hear the word with no faith application, no applying by faith. We take the word and we apply it by faith. Number two, we begin to overestimate our self-importance. I think that that really causes so much trouble when we overestimate our own self-importance. When we think above that mark that God has put us, think above that measure that God has put us in the body, that it really is such a cause of many problems when we are overestimating our own self-importance, our own self-opinion, our own self sense of just justice or what I think should happen. When we take ourselves out of any circumstance through taking up our personal cross, things get so much more simpler and such more, so much more clear. The cross produces so much more clarity in our lives and body life, doesn't it? Verse 7, really, in Galatians chapter 6, gives us the third, the third step. We begin to sow to the flesh, thinking that we will not reap. We think that my actions or what I'm doing or what I'm thinking won't have any consequences. And this is deception. This is self-deception. This is a point where we are crossing the line into dangerous ground when we are thinking that I'm important enough to make my own decisions without having to depend on God. And I can do and sow as I like and not worry about reaping. The fourth thing that happens to us when we depart from the grace of God in our mind is 1 Corinthians 3, verse 18. We become wise in our own eyes. We used to, we used to call this growing up being conceited, a person being conceited or just wise in their own eyes. No teachability there. Humility is lost. See, grace produces great humility. True grace does. If we have a revelation of the true grace of God and there's so much thankfulness and humility that comes into our lives because it's just amazing that we have received grace. You know, Charles Spurgeon said that one of the things that will happen to us when we get to heaven, one of the first things that will happen to us is, is that we will be astounded that we made it here. <laughs> we'll just be amazed at the grace of God that this place is so incredible that how did I ever get here? And then we'll understand it was the grace of God. It was the blood of Jesus Christ. Humility is such a great symptom of receiving and reciprocating grace in our life. The fifth thing that happens is, is 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9, we begin to live in a sense of amorality, that there's no laws that apply, that there's that I can just live the way I want to, and soon enough and very quickly... The following ensues, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33. Evil co-companionship. Evil co See what happens when we depart from the grace of God? We become so lost. In every level of our life, we become lost socially. 
and we no longer have godly friends in our life. We are choosing people that will be a part of our party spirit or our party attitude against God or against what his ways are. And whenever we depart from grace, there's always going to be, and we enter into deception, there's always going to be the support group that the devil will send our way. So we don't want to ever depart from that beautiful grace of God. And, and number seven, and lastly, and, and sadly, the result is in First John 1, verse 8, we begin to think that we have no sin. We just believe we are not in any way living in sin or that we are not sinners. Deception is such a is such a destructive thing and we've seen it over the years happen and and the Lord has sent his word to save us and to rescue us in Psalm one oh seven verse twenty to heal us. And this gracious word is what in Hebrews thirteen verse nine our heart needs to be established in. Grace produces stability. Grace produces a vision. And I'll close with this. You know, we are just getting started up here in Philly, and the Lord is just adding people for what he wants to do here. And we are just preaching one message. <laughs> Sometimes you think maybe we should talk about something else, but really this is the whole message of the New Testament, the grace of God by which we are saved. Amen. Amen. Friends, you've been listening to a live devotional message on the Grace Hour today from Pastor Chris Moore from up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where his ministry, the Ministry of the Greater Grace World Outreach, has established a local assembly. And Pastor Chris, will you be able to stay with us for the remainder of the hour? I can. Great. Good, because we'll open the phone lines and we'll hear from our listeners, uh, hopefully, as they take this opportunity to join us live. And then, of course, we can uh, bounce a few great thoughts that you shared during the first half hour of the broadcast back and forth with each other. Friends, you can join us live on the Grace Hour at 1-800-338-7060 and locally here in Baltimore, 410-483-3700. We don't want you to hesitate. Uh, fill up the lines. You've heard a great message today from the book of Galatians. Uh, the sixth chapter, and Pastor Chris, uh, appreciate those thoughts. Um, just going back and taking a look at my notes that I briefly wrote down here while you were speaking, um, just establishing our hearts and minds and what we've heard all week long, that is, of course, the the grace of God and the finished work of Jesus Christ. It certainly is, uh, as you brought out, what Satan hates the most, and uh you know, I love that point you made that spiritual cannibalism happens when grace isn't present. In other words, believers can begin to turn on each other, bite and devour each other, as the Apostle Paul said it in the book of Galatians. But that's a reality. That's exactly what can happen when we're not grace-oriented and we're not established in the grace and we're not distributing that grace to one another. Isn't it true? Mm-hmm. Yes, and how the devil I mean you know I don't I don't know how the devil entertains himself but I think maybe this is one of his ways of entertaining himself where you have a church that begins to bite and devour each other and instead of having a great vision in their life to reach out to a lost and dying world mm, Amen well we have a caller been waiting to join us Charlene thanks for being patient you're on the Grace Hour go ahead 
Charlene, are you there? Oh, oh, oh! I didn't hear my name. That's okay. I've been listening to Pastor Chris. Go right I ahead. Pastor Love, yes. Um, that was an awesome message. Wasn't it? Um, my, what an awesome week for the Word this week. But uh, Pastor um, Love, I would uh, request prayer from from you on the air today, and Pastor Chris Moore. I'm having. Uh, uh, bladder cancer surgery on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, which will be the 30th. And uh, they also are going to do a hysterectomy at the same time and take a part of the, uh, probably sounds gross, but take a part of the bowel to make, or intestine to make uh, a, a a place for where I will no longer have a bladder. So I would like prayer for all of that, and I know God has a plan in all of it. And uh, I mean, I'm not running to the hospital and run down to that operating room, but when He's in it, it's it's okay, you know. Sure. Now, um, what are your thoughts, uh, your feelings about this upcoming surgery? You don't sound anxious or worried or fearful. I'm not. I haven't been for almost a year, and. When uh, I knew I had it, and so I had to talk to God about it, and uh, and him and I had a conversation. He said, yes, you do. Just walk with me through it. And I said, okay, and that's been the way it's been. Now, um, you know, if it's any other way and I'm not, you know, I'm being ignorant about it, you know, inside to myself, I, I don't know it because I have great peace with all of it. I think that that I mean, peace has been given to you by the Holy Spirit. Absolutely, yeah, because he has a plan. How is he going to reach people unless uh, we can identify with them in the hospital bed or, or anywhere else, you know? Uh, there's that can only be touched by you, and you have to be there in order to do it, you know? Amen. Well, we're going to pray for you, Charlene, right now together and ask that believers across the world, across the globe that are listening in live will join us at this time. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our... Yeah. Sister Charlene, we thank you for her great confidence that she has in you, knowing that you have a plan, you have a purpose. Uh, At times we cannot uh, fathom it, we cannot understand all of it, but we know and we have assurance in our hearts that you are completely in control, and we know you are in her life. We pray for the surgery, Father. Please guide the hands of the physicians. This can be a very complicated, obviously a very serious surgery, and yet, Lord, as these physicians... Uh, take her into the operating room, they are indeed operating on your body because you tell us that we are bone of your bone, flesh of your flesh. This is a part of your bride going in for surgery. So guide them, lead them. May this be completely successful, and may she come forth glorifying God, and as she mentioned, touching the lives of others around her in the process. We commit her to your care, to your loving hands, into the hands of the great physician, in Jesus' precious name, amen. Wow, that's awesome. I'm covered. I am covered. All right, thank you, and God bless you all there, and I think and pray for you all all the time and see your wonderful faces, and um, just want you to know I love you all dearly. Well, thank you, Charlene. We love you very much, and we look forward to (laughs) hearing from you again with a good report. Oh, yes, sir. Just, uh, just so my attitude stays good, you know. Amen. Uh, if not, then I want surgery on that somehow. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I think it's coming, don't you? Hey, amen. God bless you, <laughs> Charlene. God bless you, sir. Bye-bye. Thanks bye. so much. Friends, you can join us at any time for the remainder of the broadcast at 410-483-3700 locally here right in Baltimore. And then, of course, one 800 338 Pastor Chris, in your message today, the second verse of Galatians chapter 6, you talked about the importance of bearing one another's burdens. And you mentioned as you make your way in and about the Philadelphia area, you can see the burdens of so many people. And uh, I can't think of a greater motivation for the work of the ministry than to recognize the burdens that people carry. And we're talking about excessive burdens, uh, heavy loads, uh, too much for people uh, to bear, uh, that spiritual people would come and help to bear those burdens. It sounds like you've got a, a real great vision for the Philadelphia area. It's uh, it's really something because sometimes when, and I, I know you've experienced this and many others have experienced this, that sometimes when you are engaged in the mission, there are other burdens that are associated with the mission, such as detail, ministry details, um, people, um, situations that come up. And it's so important that we don't lose sight of the compassion of Christ because that really is our primary motivation. I think that there are great works around the world, many great Christian ministries, and sometimes they suffer because people get overwhelmed with a burden that only Christ can bear. And uh, people here, as you know, uh, Philadelphia in many ways is very much like New York City. It's people, there's a huge problem with drug addiction, with um, addiction in general. And just counseling a couple uh, Wednesday morning, just hearing their family situation. And it's incredible. It's unbelievable the baggage that people are strapped to, that's strapped to them as they try to make their way through life. It's, a, it's Romans, really Romans 5, that it's the abundant gift of grace and the righteousness of Christ that makes it even possible for us to reign in this life. I think people sometimes have an attitude like, well, one day at a time, and I want to just get to the end of this day, and if I'm surviving, then i got another day tomorrow. Well, I think that God wants us to understand the, the victory that he's given us in our personal lives. And that's love. Isn't it like amazing the power of identification when you sit where you where they sit and you walk where they walk? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, because you never want to lose sight of the fact, and you brought this out in your devotion today, that when we even approach someone who's been overtaken in a fault, and, and I love the way you described it, this is somebody that's, you know, just kind of gotten off track this is somebody that yeah. is caught in sin but maybe a better way of saying it is caught by a sin the thought the idea is that someone's running from sin but sin being faster yeah. overtakes them and catches them and yeah. of course that we understand how that happens but the emphasis right. here of course is upon the person that's doing the restoring and that person's heart has to be so broken and tender before god because they are the ones that are again in the process of saving this brother and restoring this brother and the contrast that you have described by the heart of the one who is restoring a fallen brother here in Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 compare that 
to the Pharisees and the scribes in John's Gospel, chapter 8, when it says they brought unto Jesus a woman taken in adultery, and when they set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery, the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what do you say? Now, these legalizers, they wanted to do one thing. They just wanted to kill this person that committed this sin and crime, but Jesus is saying that's not our attitude. We're not to approach people on the basis of what Moses said. We're supposed to approach people on the basis of compassion, love, mercy, and, of course, the grace of God. Yeah, absolutely. And that just, boy, that, that's such, I love John chapter 8. That is just such a chapter that, wow, just blows so many concepts out of the water. Where you have the Pharisees using the law to try to manipulate the fulfillment of the law, Jesus Christ. But Jesus actually says that he that is without sin cast the first stone. And I believe it's Zodiades in his Bible or one commentator that suggests that it could be that Jesus was saying, um, you that are without sin, of this particular sin that you're accusing of this, this woman of, throw the first stone. Amazing. Uh, quite amazing. Uh, when you think, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they dragged her before Jesus in the middle of a morning Bible study at the temple. And, you know, they <laughs> she was just a pawn, obviously, in, in, to, to fulfill right. their purpose. And she really wasn't the real game, so to speak. The real game was Jesus. He was the one that they wanted to trap and find him in right. contradiction to the law of Moses. So they didn't really even care about her. Uh, this was just another, you know, another opportunity for a daily stoning in the lives of these legalizers. So they didn't care for her, but little did they know that they were dragging her in front of the only one who did care for her soul, who loved her yeah, and right. was ready to go to the cross and to die for her. Mm. And that's the beauty. You, you brought it out. And, and I love what you mentioned, too, about restoring people that are fallen. It's a mending ministry. Maybe you could comment a little bit more on that because I love that word. I mean, aren't we all about mending broken lives, mending broken people, mending right. the hurting and those that are troubled around us? Absolutely. I, I think that that's such the spirit of Christ, isn't it, that God wants to restore and to mend. I mean, think of the, the amount. Sometimes I think about the amount of patience that God has with us it's just incredible the how the the unlimited patience of God in dealing with us. You know, I, I was reminded of this passage in when Jesus said to Peter that the time is coming when you will stretch out your hands and another one will gird you and will bear you up. And the Greek word there to bear means to literally pick up from one place and to tolerate and to work with and to go through the process until they go from point A to point B. And that's what Jesus was saying to Peter, that the Holy Spirit, the patience of God is going to be bearing with you, tolerating, working with you, and not giving up and uh, exercising divine patience to get you from where you are now to the point where God finishes what he started in your life through the call. And that's what the ministry that we have is. It, it would be easy and convenient for, for for someone to say, well, I'm okay. I'm a spiritual person. I got my doctrine all set. I got my life all set. I'm not living in sin. I've got my own spiritual program going. 
and uh, I don't really have time for other people that are just reaping the the um, consequences of their own bad decisions. And you know, sometimes we can find ourselves looking at a person like, "Wow, what a sad case he is," and you know, and just kind of walking on. And and then we hear that voice of the Good Samaritan that cries out and says, "You know, but for the grace of God that you have received, minister to this man." And because you know what, God really wants to use people, and He really has a great plan for the body of Christ. And sometimes, like David, and to like every man in the book of Hebrew chapter 11, every man that you read in that hero of faith chapter had something that happened in their life where that if you had brought it up to them, they may have just hung their head down and said, yep, that happened. And But by faith, we continue, and they're heroes of faith because they understood how to receive grace. And that's what we're all about as a church, as a ministry. We want to reach people. We want to help them get back connected. My brother does such a great job, you know, and the staff in Baltimore does such a great job with this, getting people reconnected and like bones that have been broken or dislocated, getting them reset back into that body where they can function in their call and their and and the plan of God for their lives. It's so true. It's so true. Well, we have callers waiting, so we're going to get right to them. Mm -hmm. Let's take our first caller. It's George and Louise. Please hang in there. We're going to get to your question next. George, go ahead. Welcome to the Grace Hour. Hey, good afternoon, Pastor Love, Pastor Chris. I mean, what an edifying... Hey, thank you, sir. What an edifying subject this is, you know. And, you know, when you... You know, we've all been overcoming faults, you know, and and then uh, and operated in the logistical grace of God, and you know. It, but the thing about it is, is to to just so remember that 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 the Lord just never leaves us nor forsakes us, and and the enemy always tries to he I, he's going to condemn you. He's going to say, you know. And it's just a matter of rebounding. And I just love it when God drives me to my knees. You know, because you go into that private place with God, and you just say, "Hey, God, this is how it is," and you, and and just and be on it. You know, the thing about that when you go into that private place with God, and you just want to speak to Him, you know, is just let Him know how you feel truly. You know, yes. it's like a lot of people think they have to go with this concept or something, you know, to pray. You know, just go in there and bear your burdens. And, and and just wrecking yourself dead upon a finished work and you know just this is just such a great I just love the subject of restoration the love of God the mm. power of that love as it cuts through all negativity don't no believer should live in any condemnation it's been paid for that's what the enemy wants you to live in he wants you to live in defeat but we have the victory. And 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 we we're going forward, and I love what you're doing up there in Philadelphia, Pastor Chris. You know, because you're going forward into an area that just just needs God's love so desperately, and you're out there pouring out to them people, and just you know, God bless you for that. And that's that's about all I have for today. Oh, George, uh, we, we liked it. You, you're doing some good preaching there. Yeah, we appreciate the call, George. You're absolutely right. It's so encouraging, so edifying, and we know you as well have a real ministry of mending people's lives, and we're grateful for that as well. Thanks for the call, George. Thank you. God bless you. Let's go to Louise next, listening here in the Baltimore area. Go ahead, Louise. You're on the Grace Hour. 
Pastor Love and Pastor Chris. Hi, how are you doing? Great. For Good to have you with call. us. I, I, Satan is trying to um, induct a little fear in me, and I have a, a problem, a question I want to ask. has nothing pertaining to the subject you're speaking on today. When the rapture comes, Will the lawless, will the, when the rapture come, will we already be taken out and gone to heaven when the when the uh, lawless one is loose? On yes, earth? yes. You mean the uh, church will, will be, be taken the out? church will be raptured or removed from the earth before the outpouring of God's wrath during the great tribulation. Uh-huh. There is a wonderful book entitled First the Rapture." And it describes that this is what is next in God's, the unfolding of God's plan for the future of his body, his church, his bride. And yes, we have not been appointed unto wrath, but rather to obtain salvation in 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, and 9. So the church, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, will be removed prior to the onset of this great tribulation, which will last for seven years upon the earth. No, the church is not the recipient of such wrath. Uh, The wrath that she would have been the recipient of has been placed upon God's Son, Jesus, at the cross. So our judgment is passed in John 5.24, and we we don't look for that judgment, and we're not appointed for that judgment. Thank you so much for taking that fear away. Good. Don't you live in that fear for another moment. Thank you so much. God bless you. All right. God bless you, too. And let's take Dan's call next. Dan, welcome to the Grace Hour. What's on your mind? Hello, Pastor Love. Yes, go right ahead. Um, You know, I had this conversation for the last, about the last week, about the law and grace, how you don't mix the two of them together. That's right. You know, Psalm, Psalm verse 40, or chapter 40, verse 7 and 8, the pastor used to teach on this, how it says, I've come in the volume of the book that is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O God, is thy law is written in my heart. You know, it's like the law is important because these are the guidelines that help us walk down that narrow road. And to observe them in our heart and to respect God because, you know, like I said before, these are holy, these are just, these are pure. These are righteous judgments given from God to help us to live, and I think it's important to remember that we need to observe them, not out of a mandate or any kind of legalistic system, but as a form of help, because the Holy Spirit in us reminds us, hey, don't do that. That isn't right. No, this is a law that's written in our hearts. But we know we can receive grace when we fail, but the the fine line is, not receiving grace to fail. You know, I wrote, I wrote you an email, and I hope you get a chance to read it. I'm, I'm very emphatic about this. I think that, you know, Pastor Stevens was a, a very fine man, and so he, he said, he said, I realized my salvation was based upon grace and no works. Right. Grace and no works. Not enough grace and no, not another thing, but God's grace. That's right. He said, it's grace plus nothing, grace plus nothing, it's grace plus nothing that, that is teaching me how to live separated unto God in this present evil world. Well, that, that's our teacher. In, in, uh, again, Titus chapter 2, 
verses 11, 12, and 13, grace now becomes our teacher, teaching us to deny ungodliness, worldly lusts, and to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present evil age. So, again, it's very important that we, we, we draw a line, and that is that we are no longer under the law, but we're under grace. Uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 14. Um, Paul said in Romans the 10th chapter, he said, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. And then, of course, the book of Galatians, which we've been studying all week long in the Grace Hour, is bringing out this great truth that you're saved by grace, but you're also sanctified by grace. And this is all because, as you mentioned, Dan, we've got a new heart. And now God's written his laws on our hearts. And remember, Pastor Chris brought it out today, the law of liberty in James 125, which is the finished work doctrine, the, the royal law of love, which is the fulfillment love is of all that the law requires. So you're talking about a new nature, a new heart, a new mind, uh, a brand new person that can know God, that can walk with God, that can receive from God, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit makes this quality of life that we've been called upon to live possible. And therefore, we live a life that is free from the mosaic system and any kind of legalism that might want to bring a burden into our lives. And now we're, we're set free in the perfect law of the liberty of the grace of God. Right. But you, you remember that the law was written and it could not be closed and that the law is just and holy and perfect. And I think to learn these things just helps us to walk in grace so that we can be in fellowship with the Holy Spirit instead of spending the remaining parts of our lives repenting for the things that we've done and feeling guilty. Because you know Satan's going to come and say, oh, you did that, you did that. Sure. You know, God does, God's not with you no more. And I say, you know what? The law says, thou shalt not kill. Hey, you know what? Maybe I did, but you know what? It was an error, or maybe it says thou shalt not kill. I shouldn't say so. But maybe I did something in error, and you know what? God's grace is sufficient for me. So I realize what I did. I confess it for God. You know, First John eight and nine, uh, one eight and nine, and 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 He restores me into fellowship. See, because in Hebrews ten it says, "I'm sanctified by the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all, forever." And verse twelve says, "All my sins dealt with." Verse fourteen says, "I'm perfected forever." So if I'm perfected forever by that same one offering, by the blood of Christ and its eternal blood, then I don't have to worry about what I've done, but I do in order to stay in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dan, thanks so much for the call. We're just about out of time, but we appreciate hearing right. from you as always. Okay, love you guys. God bless you. We received an email, uh, Pastor Chris, from uh, Tony. Tony writes and says there's a verse that Paul speaks of. Uh, that he had an addiction to the ministry of the saints. He said, I haven't been able to find that particular verse. We'll help you with that, Tony. It's 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 16, verse 15, where Paul mentions that he or a certain group of the house of Stephanus uh, had addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. But he said uh, it applies to this morning's message. Uh, many Christians outside of finished work ministry don't understand what it means to minister to one another, but out of love and compassion, um, they are able to do just that. Dr. Stevens understood this as a pastor, uh, how to be sensitive to the needs of the body of Christ. Thanks so much for the broadcast. Thank you, Tony. And then finally, an email from Peggy, 
a praise report. She says, thanks for the prayers. I had an appointment at Johns Hopkins, uh, multiple melanoma diagnosis. No cure, but it is treatable. Good news. By God's grace, I am in remission. Thank God, she says, our times are in his hands. Uh, thanks wow. so much. Still hanging out with Jesus. And we'll continue to pray for mm. Peggy as well that the reports, uh, again, come in in a very positive way. Pastor Chris, we're just about out of time, but thanks so much for joining us today from the Philadelphia area. It's yeah. great to have you with us, and we appreciate the message. Great to be with you guys, too. Thanks for having me. All right. God bless you. And friends, we're just about out of time, but we do want to mention... Uh, you can visit our website. It's thegracehour.org. And when you go there, you'll find out about the offer for the month of July, a CD message that we can send out to you entitled Forever Perfected. And that talks about our position before Christ and how indeed we're perfect in God's eyes, but yet at the same time, we're still a work in progress. God knows that. The question is, do we? You send any amount this month, we'll send you that CD message. And then for a gift of $25 or more, We'll send you the latest in our series of missionary story books. This one features testimonies from the African nation of Ghana. This is a great book and some great stories included in it that will really encourage you in your walk of faith. Go to thegracehour.org today or call us at 1-800-338-7060. And please, friends, prayerfully consider what you could do financially to help the Grace Hour and its daily needs. We appreciate you tuning in all week long. We hope you've enjoyed the book of Galatians. It's been an exciting week for us here on the Grace Hour, and we're looking forward to next week's broadcast. We hope that you'll tune in uh, for our first one next Monday afternoon. In the meantime, friends, have a great weekend. Don't forget, if you're in the Baltimore area, our church services Sunday are 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 6.30 p.m. Have a great weekend, friends. Join us next week at the same time. Our time is up for today's Grace Hour. We have heard rich and refreshing thoughts on God's grace and how He gives all the glory to Him. We want to thank all who participated today. Your calls and comments drive this program. Please keep them coming. Goodbye from the Grace Hour. May God bless you and please join us again at this time tomorrow.